Yeah, they're like brand them. new. They only have yeah. a few thousand users, I think, if that. Anyways, we've rambled enough. Um, welcome, everyone, to episode 13 of Gears and Beers. Tonight, we are talking about if Katoris can become a contender in the market, an AR chamber lock from Stopbox USA, the FKBRNO 7.5 PSD, what the fuck is that noise? It's driving me crazy. Yeah, what's going on? Anyways, we're going to talk about the FKBRNO 7.5 PSD, which I'm from here on out going to refer to as the fuck Bruno. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nice. And also a cache of original GI issue M1 carbines being found. Somebody messaged us the other day about um, the PSA, the Palmetto State Dagger being rumored to be released this Friday. But we looked into it a little bit, and we cannot find any confirmation of that. We don't know if this was just some somebody making shit up on Facebook or if there's an inside, inside information going on here. If any of you viewers know something that we don't, or you can refer to us, refer us a link to a link or something... To help us uh, confirm this, that sure would be nice. But yeah, I think it was, it's just, I think, I have a feeling it's just bullshit. Yeah, it was, uh, Matt sent it to us. It was to, Ch Chad Wiley was posted in Carolina Armed Review, which, I mean, he's in Carolina, maybe. So, uh, he says, Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern time, the dagger drops, be ready. So, that's the only thing that we've seen out of this deal. I'm going to be extremely surprised if it actually happens. Hopefully it My, does. I, the only thing I can see that I don't know, like that they they would want to keep it super secret, is because they know their website's going to crash when these things go live. Like Cole says, PSA posted on their Instagram page. I'm on it, Cole. I'm going to check it out too. Um, Why don't you just make us all look like assholes, Cole? <laughs> you said refer us somewhere <laughs> i didn't I mean, expect he, anybody to have it though well he, he also wins trivia about every time we do it yep, so. yeah right here we got a picture of the uh the dagger and all they say in the description and so it begins friday 4 p.m eastern there that's probably just going to be when they're going to announce something i bet that's pretty vague yeah, but why would they announce what? Everybody, they announced it last year at SHOT Show. They've maybe announced a lot of things like seven times, though. <laughs> maybe it's their uh, MP5 is finally coming up for sale. No, it's a picture of, it's a picture of the, uh, their, their dagger. Oh. So, I mean, I can't under, I don't know what else. And by the way, Jimmy, if you're still watching, if, um, if you get an, an order of these, give me one. I want one. I'll take one. Thank you. Please and thank you. Um, Mike says, why is a dagger so desirable? Just a Glock, cl Glock clone? Because um, Sam, you kind of answered Mike's question there. I mean, you're a massive Glock fanboy. Why would you want a dagger? Because it looks like a freaking Glock. And it's sub 300. That's true. Yeah, but you already own the Glocks that it's a clone of. <laughs> so why do you want a cheaper version of it? <laughs> You don't because know how to answer I, because that. I, because I already own the Glocks that it's a clone of, and I want a cheaper version of it. <laughs> Literally, that, that's enough. it, dude. That's like that's like <laughs> asking mean, anybody why they, you know, like, well, I have a turkey shotgun, and I have a duck shotgun, and I have a pheasant shotgun. It's like, well, you literally just have four different Remingtons. Well, you know. Do I need six ARs? No, but why not? <laughs> I already have three Glock 19s. Um, I mean, two two actual Glock 19s and a P80. So, I mean, I don't really... Why not, I guess? I don't know. Yeah. Am I still echoing at all? No, you sound no, good. No, it's way better now. The headphones really fixed it. Thank you. Yeah. Perfect. So, uh, are, does anybody else have anything to say about the dagger? Uh, yeah, um, Cole actually confirms that he says in the comments they say they go on sale at that time. So, got it. Sorry, sorry, Johnson. I, I think they're down. I just think they're downplaying it to try and keep them in stock for more than fourteen seconds. 
I don't know why they'd want to keep them in stock though. That's their whole point well, is to sell them. Right. I understand. I'm just, I think their website is going to crash with as many people as are going to order it. You know, it's like when that, they're going to have to do some serious upgrades to their shit when their MP5 clone drops. Yeah. Which, yeah for sure. uh, 2024, I think at this point. <laughs> <laughs> you're probably right. <laughs> yeah, I think um, you're, you could be right with the whole managing managing the traffic. Yeah, because they know they're going to sell out. I'll be I'll be so on there being quiet. Myself, so yeah, but you know, being quiet about the release date and time, you know, is probably a little strategic for them as far as uh, managing keeping the site working. But yeah. Well, the dagger was probably considered a budget pistol. So mm -hmm. why don't we talk about, this might scare off some people here. I wanted to talk about Taurus becoming, eventually becoming an actual contender in the pistol game. I mean, yeah. obviously they're not a small, a small time company and they are, they do move guns, but most of the people that actually know anything about firearms and self-defense and stuff say nope stay away from stay away from them guns if you're going to be carrying them but with their latest releases with the g3 and the g3c there might be another one in there too i'm not sure TX, uh, that, they released a tx22 yeah really awesome too and the g3 is only a 250 dollar gun and i've actually i've heard a lot of really good things about it I mean, as far as a $250 pistol goes, it's certainly not the Taurus of, of yesteryear, but I don't know just how nice they really are. So what do you, what do you guys think about Taurus I've, moving up into say, not, not Smith and Wesson and Glock area, but maybe Springfield. What do you got against Springfield? Well, fuck Springfield first. There. <laughs> Yeah, Go on. they're uncomfortable. Their 1911s are amazing. Everything else sucks. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, we'll we'll say polymer polymer framed. Yeah, but I've I've honestly owned one, two. I've owned four Tauruses in the last fifteen years, and the only one I ever actually had a problem with. Uh, the first off, Taurus's revolver game is pretty strong. Yeah, Taurus makes a solid revolver, but. Sam's first gun he ever seracoded was a gun I had bought the day before, and it was a Taurus G2. And after we seracoded it, we took it back out to the range, and we shot it a couple times, and everything worked fine. And I shot it like three or four more times after that. And then like the fifth time I took it out, the actual trigger on the bottom section, like that safety part, they have that Glock kind of center safety deal. It broke. That's <laughs> and that's a pretty common problem with those guns, actually. But I, I've I've had two, three, two Taurus revolvers and a Taurus nine millimeter. Oh, I had a Taurus uh, OSS forty five. Uh, it was a Taurus OSS twenty four seven forty five tactical. That was also, and I know the guy that I sold that That's to. A mouthful. Just, I yeah. just want to say that is a mouthful yeah, yeah. for the <laughs> model of a pistol. That's, That's what, what it was. It was a big five and a quarter inch like 14 round 45 and I sold it to a buddy's dad and he still loves that gun. So I guess I've had five Tauruses, but I've never had a problem with anything, but the G2. I think that's gonna, that's just, uh, going to, I think that was earlier, you know, in their, in their, uh, polymer framed stuff. And I think anytime you go from mainly a revolver game to getting into like the G2 and the G2C, you're going to have, you know, you're obviously going to have your growing pains. And I think that's when they came out with the G2C, it was kind of finally one of their first successful polymer frame pistols. And now this G3 and G3C um, are really kind of putting them on the map as far as carry pistols go have you seen their um their entry into the 22 market though it kind of looks like a glock yeah i was looking at it the other day and uh, apparently it's awesome <laughs> everybody wants to be a glock i, um, I think there was something about that there was memes going around about when glock dropped their 44 
about Taurus making a better 22 than Glock. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But as far as Taurus becoming an actual contender, like, I'll be honest with you. I think personally that they've been a contender in the carry game for a while. Um, just because, um, just because, well, when I was working at the gun store here in town, the, um, the PT 111 and it's, it's successor when I can't remember what they called that. It was that the G two or the G whatever. I mean, it was. It's a G two. Yeah. But what I, what I had was the PT 111 and then it, I think it became the G two. That was out of, that entire gun store, that was the number one gun that we sold the holy living shit out of it. Um, just because when new gun buyers walk in and they're looking at all the guns and they're looking at a $500 Glock or a $260, um, you know, 13 round decent little pistol, what do you think they're going to go for? 100%. Yeah. They're going to go for that 90% of the time. They're going to go for that cheaper option unless they're really wanting the, you know, the Glock or a Springfield or anything like that. Um, and, and as far as, um, I mean, the quality, it was, it was there kind of, it wasn't, and it's still not personally myself. I'm not going to recommend you, ter- you carry a Taurus just, I'm not, but, um, Dave, the gun store owner, he carried one for years and he's, he finally switched to a 365. Um, so I don't know. I think, I think they already are a contender just for the main reason being the quality is decent and the price point is, is what's drawn most people in. So, um, yeah, I think, I think I, I bought one of those date. I bought one of those guns from Dave last Christmas and I think I paid 215 bucks for the G G two. Yep. You can find them on sale for dirt cheap box. Do you guys think we were talking about the dagger? Those are rel- they're relatively cro- close in price. The dagger is what going to be three hundred dollars. Sub, yep, just two ninety nine. Yeah, three hundred dollars. I thought it, I thought it was like five or ten bucks less, but so I don't know. I I play with the dagger at Shot Show. Isn't that what we were messing with the at the Palmetto booth? Yeah. That would make it seem solid. The trigger leaves a bit to be desired, but I'm sure Palmetto will come out with an aftermarket trigger. But you know, that would be an awesome truck gun. Yeah. I mean, sticker in the center console, and that'd know, be something that just stayed in your hunting truck. You threw it in there. You didn't care, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Gets you know bounces around and stuff. You don't really give a shit if it gets run over, you know, or whatever. Do you think which one do you think is going to be? Well, the G three is already out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would be the G three C actually. That would be direct competitor with the yeah. the dagger. Which one do you think? Do you think the dagger is going to be nicer than the G three C? No. Mm-mm. Uh Nah, I don't say. I think they're about probably going to be about. Even to be honest, I think I think they're going to be very, very similar, and they're going to be direct head-on-head competitors, head-to-head, head-on-head. God damn it! I'm pulling a box. I was going to say, are you trying to make fun of me right now? Or (laughs) Um, they're definitely going to be direct competitors, but I believe that just because of their just because of Taurus's um, history in manufacturing pistols and they know what they're doing, I think the fit and finish will be nicer on the Taurus than on the PSA. And I think that's just going to tip it just a little bit over the top the, of the dagger. I, I think you're 100% correct. I disagree, but that's just me. I'm not saying that PSA, it's not going to be some raggedy piece of shit. I just think No, that- I know. With building new polymer frames and all this stuff, just there's just going to be a couple little things that make the fit and finish a little bit better. I don't know. PSA, their quality has kind of dropped, been dropping over the years, so I don't know. It's hard to well, tell what's going to happen with, with the Dagger and their MP5. And I, I read something about that the other day, Box, and, the, and the one guy made the comment that part of the reason PSA's demand, or kind of quality control, will say, has dropped is because their demand has increased so much. Mm-hmm. And they don't, they don't, they don't have the like 
they don't have the manpower to check every little thing anymore because the traffic to their site is in like I forget what it was. It's like hundreds of thousands of people, you know, yeah. in a week. Oh, yeah. You know? oh, yeah. Um, th- actually, to be honest with you, since since uh, 2013, most manufacturers have skimped on Q&A or, or excuse me, on quality control, QC. Um, that's just a fact. Ever since ever since Sandy Hooked happened, it's been fucking insane people selling out like crazy and gun manufacturers are just working their ass off to get product out. And even still now, I just the other day, I don't even remember what it was. Uh, AR came in brand new, um, right out of the box, still dripping with oil. Uh, the barrel nut was hand tight. Like normally I got to pop those and wrench on them. I've done hundreds of them and you know, a lot of them are stupid tight. Those just, just hand tight, you know, and it's just little shit like that um, that squeaks by. And I do shit like that. That's fucking dangerous. (laughs) (laughs) Just a little thing that sneaks by. (laughs) I'm not saying it's not, but um, it's stuff like that. Um, And the problem with the problem with that is, is once that, that barrel nut is on there and the handguard is put on, you don't, you don't, yeah. how do you, how do you test that? You can't. So it's that same person is probably doing both, both uh, aspects, you know, putting on the barrel, nut in the handguard. If he forgets, you know, or if he's, uh, he's texting his old lady is, you know, some, some sexy pictures or something like that. He gets distracted, you know, but that's that. And that's not the first one that I've ran across. Um, you know, and, that, and that's from Ruger to Springfield to Palmetto. I've had one, I believe, to Talon Armament to, you know. Yeah. So quality control is definitely um, an issue. Um, people need to take more serious. But like I was saying, man, everybody's cranking this shout out, shit out as fast as they can. So sometimes it gets, it goes by the wayside. Right. Well, uh, that's, go ahead, Johnson. It's, it's definitely tough. And like I know – Getting back to Palmetto State, you know, Palmetto State prides himself on delivering all this quantity because they are truly trying to push common use. Mm -hmm. Um, And the more of the shit that they get out there, the more common use it is. And, you know, that that just helps us. But and I which I understand. But, um, you know, that you also have to stand behind your products and and believe that you're producing a quality product you know um so there's got to be there does have to be a balance i understand they need to make their money and i understand that they want to you know get as much shit out there as they can but if they're everything is sold out all the time like all their akvs you can never buy an akv you just can't all the you know like their shit is always out of stock and when you're producing and selling that much you're making enough money that you can start hiring more people you know or upgrading your you know there's you got to find the balance there of reinvesting to to make sure that the quality is up to snuff when you increase production yeah yeah i'll agree with that um sean says He's just got a B5 BCM stock and it won't fit his mil, mil spec arm light buffer tube. Um, oh, you did, he did get that. He just told me Saturday he was waiting for that. Like how, are you sure it's not a, I, I mean, I'm not questioning you, but are you sure it's not a commercial buffer tube? Cause uh, it, you will have that issue if it's not the, the right one, but. Right. While we were talking about um, shit being sold out all the time, a fun fact that I saw earlier was uh, right now, we're in the middle of September right now. As of August, we were 2.4 million NICS checks away from the entirety of 2019. So by now, we could already, uh, we could, we could have already beaten. All of the background uh, checks from last year, yeah, and it's only yeah. set middle up September. And yeah. uh, another thing, uh, you were talking about stuff being sold out. Uh, 
anybody around here that reloads has obviously had a hell of a time trying to find primers. Yeah. But I'm, I'm in like eight reloading groups on Facebook. Apparently, like Nebraska and Missouri are getting restocked like every week. Huh. These guys are always like, yeah, it was scarce for a while, but it seems to be plentiful again. Same with powder. It's like, well, why are you guys skipping Iowa? Where's our stuff? <laughs> right. You know, where's my money, man? Yeah. You're ducking me. <laughs> um, I, I went to, I was actually in Flea Farm today. Um, I had to pick up a box of 22250 but they had large magnum pistol primers and large magnum rifle primers on the top shelf and then and the then shotgun primers yeah the orange boxes well they had the orange boxes yeah then they had uh uh they just had they had a bunch of other just standard blue box federal yeah um all they all they've had in there the last few weeks, besides the Remington six and a half uh, small rifle, is large Magnum pistol and large Magnum rifle. Yeah, I Which, I bought the last um, small Magnum pistol they had. I bought five hundred of them. Yeah, I just about when I was in there today, I looked. If I wasn't in such a rush, I would have grabbed them. But I was going to grab the some large rifle or large Magnum rifle because I can run my Six Creedmoor on Magnum rifle. Yep. But do you need do you need some large rifle primers? Yeah. Uh hold on uh, a second. How many you want? Five hundred. How about two hundred? It'd be better than zero. I'm not I'm not in any rush to have them now. Right. I, but well, why don't we move on, Sam, to the uh the old fuck Bruno seven point five PSD. Yeah, this is actually a a really interesting gun. I think this is, uh, if I'm not mistaken, this is the second um, generation. It is, it. Yep. and I'd never, I'd never heard of the original version. The original um, version looked, I think, cooler than the second generation does. Uh, if, if I'm not mistaken, it kind of looked like a, almost like a funky CZ was the first version, except huge. Yeah, this uh, one, this well, one kind of looks still huge. This one yeah. kind of looks like a Hudson. Right, and yeah. the the original was all uh, all metal. Um, this one has got a, a polymer frame uh, and obviously a steel slide. But um, the look of it, the main thing is it's got a. You guys remember the Hudson? Obviously, it's got that um, that recoil system kind of underneath in the um, in the front up there. And this apparently, I have no idea how it works, but this has uh, got a similar recoil system to help eat some of the recoil. Um, and uh, the the cool thing about this gun is it's got three calibers. It's the 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 original one. The, the main one is a is a seven point five FK, um, and then it's got a nice a nice little uh, a nice little sissy caliber too, a uh, ten millimeter, <laughs> as well as uh, as forty Smith and Wesson. And then you can also use a nine mil with it. Um, but the the cool thing is that 7.5 it's even more powerful than the 10 mil which really um a, what's that a, tone? it's a bottleneck pistol cartridge if i remember correctly when that gun first came out like eight years ago it was designed around hunters yeah so the idea behind this the 7.5 is it's it's obviously a bottleneck like toad said but it's it's accurate um how 100, to, 100 meters 100 meters they 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 claim that it's almost got point of aim point of impact out to 100 meters which if that's true and the videos i've watched on it um said that it was um but even out that far it's still got a decent amount of knockdown power um so basically this this round as far as how powerful it is um you know, a nine millimeter has got around, you know, 350, 360 foot pounds of, uh, of, of power to it. Um, this one is over, over twice that, um, the round that these guys were testing here in this article has 850 foot pounds. So well over twice that, um, it, so I'm pretty sure it's, it's a neck down 10 mil, right? I'm not sure what the parent cartridge is, but. I believe it is a 10 millimeter auto neck to seven and a half. 
I think you're correct. I think you're correct in that. Um, Which is, that's pretty saucy shit because mm-hmm. 10 millimeter is a heavy bullet, you know. Well, it's and, a 40, it's basically a 41 mag, you know. Yeah. I'm yeah. pretty it's, sure it's like a, you, it's you a 40 Smith and Wesson long, basically. Yeah. If you have a 41 mag die, I'm pretty sure you can reload 10 millimeter with it. Yeah. But as far as a seven five, it's it's almost like, I mean, it's it's it hits harder than three fifty seven mag, which is you know that's saying something in a yeah. in an auto pistol and that can carry sixteen rounds. You know what kind of you know that's that's freaking cool. That's the um, gun I want to hike through the Alaskan bush with and say fuck you, grizzly bear. Here's this. <laughs> right, right. Um, it just so- sucks that they cost sixty six hundred dollars. No, these ones are cheaper. the 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 second generation is is several, uh, just a couple thousand, I believe. the oh, The original was it was like sixty um, hundred, yeah. But as far as this one, like I really, the looks of it are really awesome. It looks similar to like a kind of they make mix the Hudson with a Beretta with a CZ. Um, really it awesome. It's an odd looking thing, but. Mm-hmm. But as far as uh, I watched a few videos, uh, the video I saw it initially was Honest, Honest Outlaw. He was talking about it, and he was extremely impressed with it. The recoil is not bad for as powerful a round as you're shooting. Um, you're pushing over a 100-grain bullet, you know, it's at over 2,000 feet per second, which is a pretty pretty awesome um, deal for a, um, um, for a pistol cartridge. So as I think, as far as bottleneck pistol cartridges, it seem this this seems that it takes the cake. Um, you know, over obviously it kicks that the shit out of a five seven, um, but it just looks like one hell of a cool round. I, I'm I'm really digging it. So I'm hoping they this develops this round. You know, gets into some other some other guns uh, other than this one because this it was that round was developed for this this system or for this gun. So. I'd be um, interested to see how it would do in like a pistol caliber carbine situation with mm-hmm. like a, you know, a 10 or 10, 12 inch barrel, 8, 10, 12 inch barrel. And you know, like, like to see the velocity I'm, out of it. I'm right. sure they'll probably get there before too long, but FK Bruno is kind of a, they're pretty young company yet. They're, I think they under 10 years or right around 10 years or so. Mm-hmm. But you were talking bottleneck pistol cartridges. The one I really wish would have kind of taken off a little more because I actually got the chance to shoot one about six years ago. And it's a 7.62 by 25 or a 7.25, but I think it's 7.62 by 25 Takarev. Yeah, that's a hot rod fucking pistol round. That thing's awesome. Yeah, and that thing's been around for like 80 been, years. I was going to say, it's a long time. And, yeah, and that nothing. a Russian developed deal. Yeah, and nothing mm-hmm. else is chambered in it but that pistol. Yeah, it's like just the toker ups. That's one nasty little round. Mm-hmm. Also, also, this uh, this buck bruno is uh optic ready i don't maybe you mentioned that i, I might have might have blacked out for a minute i did, there, not. But no, I did not it <laughs> is optic ready which i think is it neat. Fucking better be for two thousand dollars all right well yeah you would expect it to be a feature rich unit for that kind of price tag but oh you never know there's a lot of companies out there that are putting gigantic price tags on just uh bare bones shit yeah right yeah Usually 1911s. (laughs) Uh, And I also see that it, um, it also, they, they sell a brace that connects right to it for a little bit longer range shooting. Um, Not my cup of tea, but kind of really the brace isn't your cup of tea. That's surprising. Nah, I mean, not on a pistol. I mean, I'm I'm slightly interested in it, but I I don't think I'd buy a two thousand dollar pistol and then put a fucking brace on it. That's just me, but y'all do yeah. you, I guess. I'm shocked to hear that. Usually, you're all about the brace and PDW shit. Um, I, uh, I don't know. Not really on pistols. I just and I it doesn't help that I don't like the look of that one particularly. <laughs> If it was a polymer conversion kit, you'd be all over it. That like you could like you could stick like the Microroni. 
you need a microroni for your for your FK BRNO. <laughs> I just have, I, I'm gonna buy one. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. <laughs> I thought you hated the microroni. That's no? that's me. Oh yeah, that's right. I it, hate, was one of the, it was one of the shires. I was pretty sure. I hate all that dumb shit. <laughs> well, does anybody have anything else to mention about this thing? I think really. it's, bad. it's I think it's cool. It's um, Demo Ranch had a video with it that kind of showcased how you know how powerful it was, and it was. Uh, I was I was impressed. All right. Well then, that's that. So why don't we move on? Toad, you wanted to talk about this cache of uh, GI issue carbines. Why did yeah. you say that so weird? What cash? It's like you said it like you were about to cash. <laughs> I didn't realize I did that. I don't know. I'm retarded. Leave me alone. <laughs> so after World War II, uh, much like uh, a lot of the wars we've been involved in, uh, a lot of our arms either get left behind or they get repurposed and sent to other countries. So the M1 carbine is kind of a, you guys have all seen it. 30 caliber M1 carbine, you know, a paratrooper rifle. Uh, they came in uh, two variations. One had a wooden stock. One had a folding wire stock. Some were semi-auto. Some were actually full auto. They've fascinated me for years. I actually coyote hunted with one uh, back in high school. Uh, fell in town, owned, owned one, and lent it to me. Never did get a coyote with it. I got to shoot it. It was cool. Um, has sort of the same action as like the M1 Garen and like even the Ruger Mini 14 is similar action wise. Um, I don't think the M1 had the rotating bolt though. I can't remember. But anyway, these two brothers that own Royal Tiger Imports, they started like searching for firearms in 1988. It's uh, Oli and Uli Weigand. They're from Germany. And they looked for this cash for years and they found it in a rusted out like aircraft hangar in Ethiopia. And they found a shitload of these things. I don't, let me see if I can. What a weird place to find a pile of, I don't, I don't pile know. of American guns. See the stack behind him of all those M1, the GI issue M1 World War II carvings. That's a few. Wow. And awesome. uh, so they're selling these through their business, which is Royal Tiger Imports. Now, I want one really bad. Me too. However, uh, let me go back to their page. They start out at $1,100. No, thanks. <laughs> Hard pass. Yeah. Uh, I would really like to have an M1 carbine, but... I do, too. I, I want one bad. And, and they've actually, they clean the dust off them. And these things, a lot of them look really, really great. Like, they look great. I'm, I'm guessing they probably oiled the stocks on a lot of them, too. The ones I've looked at look, there's some pretty shitty ones, but they look pretty great. Uh, it has options listed below. So it says our price, $1,099.99. If you want an early production model, add $400. Excellent to unissued, add $700. Good to very good condition. It doesn't even have a price. Very good to excellent, add an extra $200. So you're going to pay. 1100 for a shitty one. If you want a good one, you're going to pay $1,400. Right. Um, which is nuts considering m my uncle bought one of these in like 1985 at a gun store for 250 bucks. Mm, hmm. Yep. Does he still have it? No. 300 No, he does not have it. He actually, uh, he's not with us anymore. But, uh, um, it's just a cool piece of history and to be found in a warehouse in Ethiopia of all places, an actual like cache of World War II issue GI M1 carbines. That's pretty sweet. Like that would, that's kind of my dream job. I don't know about you guys, but these guys, that's what they do. They go all over the world looking for these things and then they figure out a way to buy them. What do you do for a living? Well, I hunt guns. What? Exactly. <laughs> awesome yeah, um, I know a guy that actually's got a that that's got one of those um 
um, carbines you guys are talking about. I wouldn't mind. Uh, I, I know, I know where it is. And the thing that pisses me off is, is he'll never give it up, you know, obviously. So when he passes his, his, uh, family's going to get it and we'll stay in the family, but is what is the way it should be. Oh yeah, absolutely. But damn it. I want that thing. Oh, I thought we lost yeah. you for a second there, but I, I would love to have you one. Know, on that, that like, about right, about right there. Do um, you guys what? have like um? Any of you guys? You you said it goes to the family. Do you have any? Has anybody inherited a gun that stays in the family? That like it's old, means a lot. It's been around a while. No, we don't come from a gun family, so no. Nope. The only thing I've really got is that. Uh, model 12 of my dad's um, that's pretty much it once uh, Grandpa Bob uh, passes there will be some cool things kind of distributed amongst the kids Johnson yeah that's who I was talking about so um, <laughs> maybe you get it. The the M1 carbine that's hanging up in his basement. Yes. Yeah. No, I, him so and I have maybe, talked about. Maybe I'm him gonna, and I have. Maybe I'm going to befriend him, for, Johnson. Yeah. Um. <laughs> me, him, and I have talked about that rifle quite a few times, actually, because when I was like probably. I don't know, 12 or 13, I asked him what it was, and he kind of told me about it, you know, and I said, well, we should take it out and shoot it. And he was like, you know what? Someday we need to do that. And we never did. <laughs> but, he, you know, he was like, yeah, we should shoot that. And he's like, I'll have to find some ammo for it. And we'll we'll take it out and shoot it. But My, uh, my uncle that just passed uh, several months ago, he used to hang around here in the shop. He'd, he'd come over and just shoot the shit and – Brought over a uh, old 1911 um, one day. One day, just in the last few years, that he got from the um, he got it from the bank. Uh, I don't I don't remember exactly how it worked, but it used to be in the bank for years and years and years. It was a gun that they kept just under the table or under the under the counter there. Um, so you know, if they were ever getting held up, grab that sucker. But it was uh, like I said, an old 1911, and he did a little bit of looking and some research on it, and this thing was in all, almost immaculate shape. I mean, fantastic. But we did some looking on it, and it was the frame was made around World War back in the teens, you know, around World War One. And then it got it got stored away for a long time. So back, uh, I think it was the late '30s, early '40s. Um, they started grabbing these old frames that were in storage, and then assembling them into into full into full guns. And that's where this, that's how this gun was, was put together. So it wasn't like, you know, a numbers matching all everything and shit, but, um, it was a really cool piece. And like I said, he passed away a few months ago and there, oh man, there was nothing that I would love more than to get that gun, but I'm sure that it's going to as, uh, you know, to his, either his son-in-law or his son or something, but cool freaking piece. That's for damn sure. I've got my, uh. My cousins have my grandpa's old uh, Savage and Winchester 22s, but I somehow ended up with a shotgun, and uh, it's a 19. It's not really that old. I think he bought. He he passed away. Uh, he drowned in 1961, and he bought it out of Sears and Roebuck like four months before he passed away, but it's kind of a unique gun because it's actually a bolt action, 20 gauge bird gun. Hmm. It has a two shot box mag, one in the chamber. So you get three shots and it, the sights on it are we, the, it's, uh, it, I guess he called it a comma gun. Cause my dad's killed like 13 deer with it and a bunch of quail and whatnot. But, uh, you call I it a actually, gun. It's just some like a general purpose shotgun, I guess you'd call it, because the sights on it, it has like a little weird, it doesn't have like dovetail sights on the back. It's just got a little weird metal deal. It's kind of a half hoop and then a bead in the front. 
And I, I actually did take it out about five years ago, and I shot uh, the biggest eight-point buck I've ever killed in my life with it. But it's just, it's a smooth bore. It, uh, I've killed a few pheasants with it, but about about once a season, I'll take it out and walk the creek by my house pheasant hunting with it. Otherwise, it just kind of gets cleaned and stuck in the safe because it's it's a neat gun. A, um, I mean, I don't really know if they made that many Hawthorne Series 20 gauges. I've never seen another one. So that is neat. I think he paid $65. No, $35 for it. New, I think is what he paid. <laughs> Jesus. I got out of the Sears catalog. Yep, yeah, pretty much. I'll be right back. Ship to his door. Uh, Cliff was saying that gun that I was just talking about, that 1911. It was a 1913 <laughs> one Colt. The only mod was a front sight, and it came with a 1920, a box of 1920 ammo. Crazy. Cool freaking deal. Cool deal, man. Cool deal. Cool, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Cool, 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 cool. Well, cool. why don't we uh, stop cooing like tards, and let's talk cool. about this. AR chamber lock from Stopbox USA. Um, it's kind of hard for me to describe, actually. Um, I have a video here for you that I'll throw up while I'm talking about it. It sticks into your chamber, and it's got like it's got uh, five buttons on it, you know. And you press a combination of buttons, kind of like there's plenty of gun safes that do the same thing. Just personal safes, you know, that you can slide under your under your bed, but it locks mm -hmm. into the chamber, your AR. It's definitely looks quick and it, it's, it's made, it's not chintzy. It's not like a plastic <laughs> piece of shit. It's made out of machine 6061 T6 aluminum. And it's the pre-order. You can pre-order them right now for $120. Normally it's like 150, which I, I don't know. It's not necessarily something I would need, but it may come in handy for other people, I think. You can use them as a chamber flag, say, at the range, something like that. You could use them to... I don't know how secure they would be about leaving them around your kids. I probably wouldn't want to do that, just on the off chance that they press the right combination or grab the right combination of buttons. But Yeah, so it's not that you just have to push all five buttons in at the same time, right? I think it is. There's oh, it not is. a. There's you not just a. Have to... Yeah, that's what makes it so quick. You just squeeze the right, put the right pressure in the right place, in the right place at the right I time, and it pops open. I think. I think it's a combination. Like there's, I can't do this to whatever, but I think it's only like you only press certain buttons, maybe. Like you well, set the combination, like you under... don't press all four. No, no, like... you don't. No, it, there's a combination to it, but you don't press them one at a time. You, right. you press the that combination, all the buttons at the at the right okay. time. Or yeah, at the so same if you time. had like so if you had like the thumb and the bottom two, you just when you grab it, you just yep. push those three, yank the thing out. Yep. So initially when I saw this, I, I, I posted it on the on our something that I wanted to talk about. And I though the reason I posted it is because I thought it was fucking stupid. Um but the more I think about it. There are like I'm not ever going to use it, no. Um, but I feel like there are some instances where that it could be useful, such as um, you don't want to keep your AR in a gun safe because you want it more accessible. You know, how long does it take to open a gun safe? It takes me, you know, you know, three four seconds to open that gun safe. Whereas this thing, supposedly, you know, if you with enough practice, it's going to be less than a second. You could be ready to rock and roll. So you could keep a, a gun in an accessible environment when there are children around. Yeah, I don't know. You have to do some testing. That's a possibility of it. So I, I don't totally hate it right now, I guess, is what I'm saying. Oh, I think anything that you can use as a chamber flag and add more security, like you said, in a situation where you can't put the gun in a safe or have, a, you know, another way to secure it, I don't. It's not, in my opinion, it's not stupid. Right. Is it less useful for some people? Absolutely, but I, I don't think that you know another product for 
another way for people to be mindful of gun safety. I don't think any of, you know, it's not stupid. Yeah, it's no. it's not, and they're not advertising it as end-all be-all security for your right. firearm. Like, you don't even need a gun safe anymore. It's just right. additional security, however you may yep. feel that you need to use it. So I think mostly they're marketing towards using it on the range. Right. Yeah, it's How kind many? of a, it's just a more secure version of a chamber flag, basically. Yep. How many combinations are there? Um, any math whizzes in here? Uh, if there's five buttons, how many combinations could you possibly have on there? Um, it's five something. I there's there's a way to there's a way to come up with that. I'm pretty sure the Pythagorean theorem comes into play there. <laughs> I think you're I think you're sorely 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 mistaken. Yeah, and the square root of holy shit, that's a lot of combinations comes into. It's five. It'd be five to the fifth power. And if that's true, that's uh, that's what, 125? No. Yeah. 3,125. No. Five is it actually five to the fifth power? I think. I don't. So. I no. I don't think you're. I don't think you're correct. Um, somebody that's not retarded, yeah. please, yeah. please help us out. Yeah, please. <laughs> um, we we could figure this out if you give me a minute. I'll I'll figure this out here. And now for a moment of silence while Sam does a little bit of do math. You, do you guys want to, why, why Sam's trying to figure that out, do you want to do trivia quick? Oh, yeah, sure. I forgot about that. All right, folks. Uh, we have an awesome trivia prize for tonight. Um, I found this in an Amazon return bin and thought it was hilarious. So what we have tonight is toilet paper. It's not any toilet paper. It's a three-pack of Hillary Clinton toilet paper. <laughs> Now, I don't know anybody that wouldn't want to wipe their ass with Hillary Clinton. Time so, out, time out, time out. Are we fucking seriously giving away toilet paper? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're going to do that. Are, are, are we fucking serious here? It's hilarious. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> okay, man. <laughs> All right. Listen here, Thunder Thumbs. I'm going to give you 30 seconds to answer this question. Ah, hell with it. You can Google it if you want, I guess. I want somebody to win this. If you can tell me who the greatest sniper was in the history of combat, but you got to spell his name right and tell me how many kills he had. That pretty much guarantees you got to Google it. But if you can tell me who that was, we will send you a three-pack of Hillary Clinton toilet paper. <laughs> what the fuck, dude? <laughs> oh, boy. I thought yeah. it was. Uh, Do any of you guys know who it is? Did no. we talk about him on the podcast? I think he was my badass I, of the week one year or one yeah, one week. He was. He was. He was for sure. Yep. C H. Yeah, uh, not C. What? It's not C H Johnson. No. Who? What's Cole saying here? Simo, I think it was around seven hundred. That's he's uh, hit, that's his answer, and he's not. He's oh, not quite he's there. Not right. He's not quite. He's, he's not. You're not Swedish, quite there, dude. He wasn't Swedish. Uh, Cliff, you're 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 not close. He was something over uh, there. <laughs> really yeah, narrowed Cliff, it. Down. <laughs> Cliff said. Cliff said white fa fa white feather. That's Carlos Hathcock. Or yeah, Carlos Hathcock. It, that that's that's pretty close though. I mean, he's only three letters off with of his nickname. <laughs> True. Uh, no, Cliff, wrong. Sam, while we're waiting, did you come up with a math answer there? Yes, it's 120 possible combinations. And I knew there was something like this, but you take five times four times three times two times one. That's how you get that's how you get the answer. But it's 120 different combinations, which if you think about it, I mean it's way more sense than three thousand one hundred twenty-five. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yes, yes, it absolutely does. And I, I was thinking that's what it was, but I couldn't nail it down. But absolutely, and 120. I mean, that's that's not bad. I mean, I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. That math works. Yep. I would. I would. I mean, I'd be comfortable at least. You know, it takes somebody a long time to figure it out if they went through every fucking combination. <laughs> Hey, Cliff, I guessed 125, so I wasn't off that far off. I was only five off. Thank you very much. It was closer than Johnson's math, that's for sure. <laughs> I was closer than, by 2,900 you know, than Johnson. 
I'm a little dis- I'm a little disappointed. We have ten people watching, and only two people tried to answer. Cole, you were really close. Yeah, Cole knows who who it is. He just yeah, doesn't I'm, have I'm gonna quite. A, I'm going to need a first and last name and an accurate count for this one, bud. Yeah this are, this are is you, this you... is collector's item here. Yeah. Oh oh, too late, Sean. Sean, Sean you, you just want me to drop that off at your house, bud? Next time I'm in Cushing or uh, what? <laughs> Uh, Sean for the win. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to Sean. Uh, Cole, you were you were pretty much right. You said Simo and 700. It was actually it's Simo Haya. Sean actually put the little dots above his name and everything else, and uh, he got closest. It was a uh, 505 confirmed kills between in the in the Winter War with Russia uh, from 1939 to 1940. Um, he had 300 and some confirmed kills of the rifle and 200 and uh, it was two, it was 305 confirmed kills of the rifle and 200 confirmed kills of the submachine gun in a year. And this guy was a freaking farmer. Oh yeah. You guys were, we talked about this, the best dude of the week. He was fighting the shit. Yeah. And then he's called the white, white death, the white death. He used to sit in snow banks wrapped in white cloth and he would chew on snow to mask the fog from his breath and he actually got shot through the jaw and still from what i understand kept knocking out germans or russians so yeah he's widely recognized as the the most lethal sniper in history Um, a lot of people will say like carlos hathcock or Chuck Mawinney or Chris Kyle, you know, but there's there was a Russian gal in World War II that was mm. uh, Ludmila something or other, I think was her name, Vinchenko or something. She had like 300 confirmed kills or something crazy like that. But uh, so the, yeah, you're, you're saying this guy, this this Simo guy, he did that in those 500 kills in a, in a year, 1939 and 1940, I believe. Let me so let me every every single fucking day he's just slaughtering people. 19 uh with at least 505 confirmed kills during the winter war of 1939 to 1940 between Finland and the Soviet Union Simohaya he lived from 1905 to 2002 he's been labeled the deadliest sniper in history <laughs> they called him the white death so yeah so, it was it was it was, it was a year that he got it was a year that he got all these fucking kills can you imagine just every single fucking day <laughs> Every single fucking day, you're just slaughtering no. people. Like, here's here's the thing. During his 98 day reign of terror, Haya was unseen and unheard, yet was all the while targeting Russian Russian soldiers with deadly accuracy, even once killing 25 men in one day. I honestly, I'm pretty sure he did this entire thing with open sights. <laughs> no shit. Yeah. Certifiable badass. I'll give it to him. Yep. I'll give it to him. Um, so Sean, when I'm when I'm when I'm out your way uh in like a week or so, I'll I'll just leave it sitting in front of your front door. <laughs> you you are welcome for the toilet paper, Sean. <laughs> yeah. You are welcome. You're welcome, this, buddy. Next time you guys are needing some toilet paper, make sure to come back to life short live yep. free. Because we got to yeah. get it. Sean and Josh got it right. Ludmila Pavlachinko. She was the female Russian sniper during World War II that just racked up an insane body count. Um, speaking of other certifiable badasses, um, you, you guys have obviously seen this that uh, that chick, the uh, the cop over there out there in California, her and her partner got freaking lit up. Some dude just walked up to him and popped a bunch of rounds through there. She got shot, I believe it was twice in the jaw. And another time and in once the, in the chest. Yep. And, and then once her, par- the her partner was hit as well. And this freaking chick still she got hit in the jaw. So I mean, how hard is it to talk? She still had the the she was she was still in the fight. She was still freaking she radioed in for help. She she tourniquet, she uh turn put a tourniquet on her partner, <laughs> saved his life. That chick is a certifiable badass. And they're they're both expected to make a a recovery. I didn't read if it was a full recovery or not, but I saw a meme earlier, and I'm sure you guys saw it with um, LeBron taking a knee and he's on mm-hmm. a towel. 
Yeah. And then it's a, it's a split image, and it says LeBron has to take or kneel on a towel. Meanwhile, and it said her name, and I can't remember it, but God bless her. Um, yep. <laughs> Tourniquets her partner, you know, everything you just said, and it's like, man. Yep, we gotta we gotta we gotta change the subject before I fucking go off on these goddamn pieces pussy ass motherfucking sorry. Pussy well, ass professional, Wait, professional you know, sports we, player. Anyway, yeah. moving on. <laughs> you know, sorry, I, I was say, we, haven't done, we haven't done a sixty seconds with Sam in about fucking seven months. Yeah, oh, yeah. Christ. Yeah, we, we probably shouldn't tonight because Sam would uh, probably blow a gasket over that yeah, one. <laughs> Sean, thanks for thanks for tuning in, buddy. See you later. Josh, uh, we're we're sorry that you get here when it's almost over, but you know what time it starts every single week, bud. This this <laughs> this one's on you. <laughs> yeah, it's not like we keep you guessing; we just go live randomly. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, we need to touch on. We're coming up ten days now. The hangout is in ten days. Woo-hoo. Next, and not this coming Saturday, but next Saturday. There's an awful lot of you guys that have marked maybe to the event in our Facebook <sighs> group event. You need to get in there and mark yes or no. We need to know if you're coming. If you're not, we got somebody coming and supplying food for us, so we really need to know. We don't want to have a ton of on a ton of leftover food or waste a bunch of food of his food that he's graciously bringing us so if uh, you're if you're marked as maybe we're just gonna assume you're a no to be honest with you and if i see you there i'm gonna <laughs> yeah we're gonna keep a chart if you're marked maybe and you show up you don't get food <laughs> <laughs> no we're not we're not honestly though, it's gonna be no but you're gonna catch a lot day. of hell yeah <laughs> It's supposed to be beautiful out that day, though. 85, sunny, perfect day for some uh, barbecue and some machine guns and afterwards some beer and some bonfire. I mean, something you guys don't want to miss. Uh, you know, we'd like to meet all you. You know, it'd be it'd be great for you guys to come if you can. So, I mean, um, if you're marked maybe and you're on the fence, give it a good think. Talk to the wife, the girlfriend, whatever. But uh, come hang out with us for a while. Yeah, like Toad said, there's going to be a keg. There's going to be machine guns. Both, we got both a of those. Both of tree. those two things. Both of those two things are sponsored by Northwest Iron Firearms, by the way. Yep. He's bringing. Get this. Get this. Time out. He's bringing machine guns and a keg. Yeah, like that, but we, we like we, we like, why why would you do that, Sam? We like to party. <laughs> that is like, I don't know. I I feel like that would be the most freedom filled drive ever keep in mind we can't we can't we're not gonna tap the keg until after the guns are put away i like can you imagine having a truck full of guns and kegs machine guns (laughs) machine guns and it's like yeah i got a keg in the back Uh, you might as well have a fucking bald eagle riding in your passenger seat i think i would try to get i think i would try to get pulled over so the, uh, what in the fuck are you doing? What do you Johnson got there, son? Probably marry you on the spot. You know? Yeah. <laughs> the uh, the cop, you cop would be like, "What do you got there?" And you just get a big old shit eating grin on your face. Oh, pretty cool, mm-hmm. right? That's a keg, <laughs> and those are machine guns. Oh. <laughs> you want to come with me or what? Saddle up. You know, it's uh, even funnier. He'd be like, I mean, James is lucky he gets pulled over by Cliff Moody, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Um, Mike, the Mike, the event the group. Yep, go into the group. Uh, click on events at the top of the page, and it'll be Jay, in there. You're listed as a maybe, so if you know you can't make it, um, you should be able to go in there and just hit not going. Can't go. I think is the option. Yeah, we're really being um, stickler sticklers about this, but uh. Well, I mean, if you want me to start naming names, I got a whole list of people that are saying maybe over here. We will hunt you motherfuckers down. I'm just saying. (laughs) God damn, you're going to scare everybody off. (laughs) And we haven't even mentioned... That leaves more barbecue and beer for us, guy. We haven't mentioned the best of the best either. We're going to have a spot-a-pot there, guys. So you know this thing's official. Sponsored by Shyworks. That's right. (laughs) 
Yeah, James, the old James may have got the beer and the machine guns, but I brought the shitter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, he, I was talking to him on the phone a while back. He's like, well, I want to sponsor something going on there. I'm like, well, really, the only thing we need to buy is a keg and a spot of pot. You can spot it. You can sponsor the shitter. Uh, he kind of balked at that. So yeah, it is what it is. I'll sponsor yeah. it. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we got the message across, and we are we are over our time limit here. So uh, I think we're going to call tonight, everybody. Thanks for everybody that came in and hung out with us and watched. It was a good time. It was a good episode. Uh, if you're listening to this on podcast provider, be sure to tune in every other Wednesday night when we record this live on Facebook. And uh, if you're unaware of the rest of our podcast, look up Live Short Live Free on most podcast providers and uh we do it we have what almost 40 episodes in there now on top of the 13 of gears and beers so we're we're getting up there yeah we've got a lot of a lot of good fun uh, podcasts in there we've also got a youtube channel which we're not so active on but we we're getting we're working on fixing that and getting a little better content on there for you guys so uh I don't think I have anything else. Thanks for watching, everybody. And Sam, take it away. Yep, thanks for hanging out, guys. Come back in two weeks. And until we talk to you then, remember, life's short, live free. God bless, and God bless the United States of America. Bye-bye. <laughs>